It's almost twice today. I've missed my cue to come up here because worship's been on. There's just something about being with the body of Christ and lifting our voices together. It's awesome. Today, we're continuing our series on Christmas is Coming. Anyone know how many weeks it is? Is that a scary one? It's like, it's, it's really close. It's like, yeah, a few days. It's like, ah, 20, oh, not even 20 days. I don't know. It's coming really, really quickly. But with that, we want Christmas is a good thing because we remember that Jesus Christ was born. And so as we head towards Christmas, we're sort of getting a framework in our mind of what it is. Why is Christmas this important event? Why is this Christmas worth celebrating? What is so important about Christmas? Now today we're going to focus heavily on the idea of what is a blessing and the blessing, but you probably heard around Christmas time that naughty or nice. If you're naughty, you don't get Christmas presents. If you're nice, you do get Christmas presents. So where have you been this year? So if I was to ask you the question, the COVID year, how have you gone? Have you been naughty or nice? Have you always acted nicely in your heart? Have you always acted kindly towards other people? Have you always put God first in every single... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. If you're anything like me, you know, oh, could have done better. Probably been a little bit, not intentionally, but a little bit naughty. Uh, Yeah. Well, if you've maybe messed up this year, maybe you've got frustrated, maybe you've lashed out at somebody you love, maybe you've had a bad attitude... Today's a great day because we're going to hear about a blessing that we have access to. It doesn't matter how you've acted this year, we have access to a blessing. And so we're going to dive into scripture in a minute to see what that blessing is. But before we do, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as we dive into scripture, that you would help us unpack this blessing that you have for us, this incredible opportunity, no matter what we've done this year, where we've come from, that we have access to something that you have freely given us. Lord, I pray that we would embrace it, that you would speak to us, and we would position ourselves where you want us to be today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I found myself this year, as many people did, working from home. My office was the bedroom. Um, Depending on what meeting it was, I would make the bed, make it look really nice. Um, Of course, I always do that every day, not just when it's going to be on camera, but yeah, but you know, extra cushions, like 27 pillows kind of arrangement, and, and sit there with the camera, and there is other times I'd turn it around because no one wants to look at the bedroom in the background. And, and that's, that's where I did. I was working from home, as many of us did. But as we work from home, for so many people, you notice things around the house that need fixing. You go, ah, oh, yeah, that's a bit broken. And most of the things I tried to fix are made worse. But, but some things that... that some of the projects that took place meant that I found myself frequenting, frequenting one of the brand new DIY stores in town, one of the really big ones. And you guys in Ballarat will know which one that is. And one of those days when I was leaving this ginormous hardware store, um, navigating the ginormous car park that's there, and I found myself, I made, I'm heading out, I've done my shopping, and I'm heading out and I'm navigating around this odd-shaped corner, and... and in my heart of hearts, I'm going, crank it, whoever designed it. I'm like, seriously, there's cement slabs everywhere. These guys can't design a car park. Like, how are you even supposed to turn around this corner? And the edges are so sharp, I'm going to hit the, the side of my rim on my car and scratch my rim. And, oh, this is a terrible design. Oh, what's going on? And I'm going crook at the design of this car, as if I like, could design anything better. Like, I can't even fix the hole in the wall. There's no way I could fix a car, make a car park. But 
I'm going crook. Anyway, in this moment, I look up, and, and all of a sudden I realize, there's all these cars coming towards me. Why are they coming towards me? And I look down at the road, and there's a giant arrow pointing that way. Like, so they even got that wrong. Like, everything about this car park was wrong. <laughs> so, like, what if, no wonder it was, I'm going crook, no wonder it was really hard to navigate, because somehow I'd driven in the in, I'm heading out the in way. It's a one-way street, and I've navigated around a really hard intersection to get into the wrong lane. And, of course, as you're driving out, you know, the first person you see is like, Saying sorry, yeah, trying to mouth it out. The next person is just kind of like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. The next person is just like, yeah, what? what? I'm just driving the wrong way down a one-way street. What? 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 You know, and trying like, ah, you know, and, and there's probably a half a dozen cars, and I'm, I'm right up against the edge, and they're dodging around me, and I'm like, ah, oh, so really wrong. As soon as I got out of there, I just like went off, and I probably didn't go back for a couple of months. I chose different stores uh, <laughs> because I was so embarrassed that I went down the wrong way. I'm sure there's a video camera somewhere where they're going, <laughs> check out this guy. See, what had taken place is I had positioned myself in the wrong space. Naughty or nice, like, I, I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. I wasn't deliberately disobeying the rules. I wasn't trying to be a rebel and check this out, round the wrong way. I, I just positioned myself and found myself in the wrong space, heading in the wrong direction. And I needed to, to, get, I needed to do some movement to get myself out of there and reposition myself and learn from that so I didn't find myself in that space again. And, and today I want you to, as we look, talk about blessing, I want you to, to get a, a mental image of the word or, or whatever the idea of position looks like for you. If it's a place, if it's a, a way of standing or where it is, that, that one of the core themes through Scripture today is going to be the idea of position. Where have you positioned yourself? And so as we dive into blessing, first we've got to see what a blessing is. What is a blessing? And often we think a blessing is, is maybe something tangible, and, and it can come in different forms. But we're going to turn to Scripture straight away to get the answer for what a blessing is. And we go way back, because today, like as we continue through this series in Christmas is Coming, we keep looking at the Old Testament, then the New. The Old Testament, the New. The Old Testament, what it said was going to happen, the New Testament take, took place through Jesus Christ. And so the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 12, last week we learned about how Jesus came from the line of Abraham, who was the father of the, the nation of Israel, the Jews. And then from the line of David, that the greatest king that the nation had ever seen. And, and today we start with the, the Abraham part. And they call him Abram in the early parts, and they cha God changes his name to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house, household to the land I will show you. I want you to leave everything you know. I want you to leave your support network. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything that, that makes you comfortable, and I'm going to send you somewhere, a land I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you where it is. Kind of like using some of the GPS navigation. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to get there, and it's going to show us how to get there. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through 
you. There is a blessing for all people on the earth through Abram. What God is asking me to do is say, I want you to follow me. I want you to position yourself in a space of obedience. I want you to leave everything you know. I want you to position yourself in a space to follow me, to be where I am. And when you choose to do that, you will be blessed. Your family will be blessed. Actually, in the whole world will be blessed. We then fast forward in Scripture to the book of Acts, in chapter 3, verse 25. And we see uh, Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It comes after Jesus in the Gospels has come to earth, has lived the perfect life, has died for our sins on the cross and risen again, ascended to heaven, sent his Holy Spirit back to earth to dwell within us. And, and this is the message that we see in the Acts of, of his followers. And you, the heirs of the prophets of the covenant, that the agreement, the contract that we read in, in Genesis chapter 12, that the covenant God made with your father, as he said to Abraham, Abram became Abraham, through your offspring, all the people of the earth will be blessed. When God will raise up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning you from your wicked ways. So what is a blessing? Firstly, we see the blessing of Abraham came from his position, positioning himself in a place of obedience to God. And when he chose to do that, he was blessed. We see that then God sent someone first to the Jews, first, but also through Abraham's line, all humanity would be blessed, but first to the Jews. And then the blessing came from turning from wicked, wicked ways. So you could choose to do the wrong thing or you can position yourself in a place that's, that's turning from those things and turning to the way God wants us to live. And there's a blessing. That, that, that in itself, the turning away, is a blessing. But we also see that, that God didn't just come for the Jews. It came for the, the Gentiles. The Gentiles is the rest of the world. The Jews was the, the family tree that Jesus came from, but God came from all humanity, as we read in Genesis 12. All the world will be saved through Abraham. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10 says, in, the day, in that day, the root of Jesse, so the family tree of Jesse, which is from Abraham's line, stand, will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. It says, so from Abraham, through his line, through his family tree, the prophet Isaiah, who, who foretold what would take place in the person of Jesus, said that, that someone from Abraham's tree will come as a banner. A banner is something that they used to, well, we have them today, but it was something that it was uh, something to rally around. If you, you know, went to the football, you'd see all the people rallying around the Hawthorne banner, but no one around all the other teams, just Hawthorne. No. <laughs> I know how footy season's over, whatever that season was, but <laughs> got to get one in there for the year. <laughs> But, but the idea of a banner is something that you rally around, something that you, you gravitate to, something you can see in the distance and identify. You know, when you're driving around and you see that big yellow sign appear over the hill when you've got kids in the car, <laughs> you know, there's, it's like a banner. You, you get drawn. You know, it, it's something that you rally around. And it's saying that, that this, this person, this, this person that's going to come from the, the tree, the, the family line, 
of Jesse from Abraham will be a banner and people will gather around him and his resting place will be glorious knowing that he he died and rose again. Of course, that is Jesus. Firstly came to the Jews, but then came to all the nations will rally around him. All the nations. John chapter 12 says that there were some Greeks amongst those that went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, and remnants of, of only a single seed, but, it, but if it dies, it will produce many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He's talking about the idea of death and resurrection, how his death would produce something so much greater than, than anything we've seen in the world. And it says these words in In verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. What he's saying is that that if you want to be blessed, if you want to fully understand what it is to be, be blessed by God, firstly, the blessing is Jesus He is the seed that will die for us and and grow into something greater. He is the one that God showed us love, that that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. This incredible gift, this incredible blessing to restore the relationship with God. But if we want to be blessed, we need to position ourselves in a place where whoever serves me must follow me. We need to position ourselves near the blessing that is Jesus Christ. My, my servant also will be there, but the blessings being where Jesus is, like not just following him at a distance, but being present where he's working. And when we serve Christ, we also see that, 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 the, the, um, that God will honor those that are serving. So if you want to be blessed, you need to position yourself close to the master. I haven't got permission to tell this story, but I will anyway. It's a quick one. It's got my kids in it. <laughs> um, I, I, my kids were young, uh, Rylan and Maya. So Rylan, <laughs> Rylan, <laughs> that's him now. <laughs> and Maya's becoming a, a, a young woman already. It's like, ah, oh, scary. But, but this was Maya, yeah, Rylan and Maya. They're really young. And, and I was working on a car and I was working under the car on an exhaust. And so I had it all the safety gear in the world because Ryan was under there with me and we're, we're trying to work on this stuff. And, and when, if you've ever known what it is to do any exhaust work on a car, it's all full of soot and stuff and it's, just, it's really dirty work. So we're, we are just covered in gunk and you know, just stuff everywhere. It's really messy. Your hands are all covered in black. And it's like, ah, it's, it's like that kind of job. My little Maya comes up and she wants to, to be a part of the excitement, a part of the that what the family is doing and, and wants to be with her dad. So she turns up, Dad, can I help? Now she is white and pink from head to toe. She is like full pink and bows in her hair and pigtails, and, you know, and, um, and, and she's fully white, <laughs> little pink dress and stuff. And I'm like, um, 
like, you know, you peer out and all black and soot stuff everywhere. And I was like, oh, I don't even want to touch you at the moment because anything I touch is going to get dirty. I, I don't know, my, I don't know. You probably need to get changed or something. It's probably not the best job, for, especially with what you're wearing. And lovingly, I would love to be there, but I'm also really focused on Ryland. Yeah, it can be dangerous under a car, so we're being really safe. So I'm trying to be safe with Ryland. I'm so focused on him and what we're doing under there that I didn't notice that Maya did spend some time with me that day. She decided to draw me a picture, which was really nice. The, um, the tool that she chose to draw that picture wasn't the conventional crayon or texter, she chose to use a screwdriver. And her canvas was the side of my car. And a few days later when I noticed a beautiful, well, really I saw the scratch, and then I looked closer and it's like, is that a flower? And of course, yes, yes it is, I drew a picture. <laughs> Naughty or nice, yeah, it's like, ah, yay, ooh, yay, thank you, oh, what do you, what do you do, torn in that, but, but my kids just wanted to be a part of the world that I was in, they wanted to, to learn, and, and as parents, we know there's those moments, we treasure those moments where our kids are drawn to us, because they love us, and likewise, we need to be drawn to God, drawn to Christ, to, to, to position ourselves to learn, at his feet, the same way a child wants to learn from their parents. Matthew chapter 5, we, we see Jesus talks about what they call the Beatitudes. And, and the Beatitudes, well, the word Beatitude means supreme blessing. And as Jesus teaches about the supreme blessing, he, he sets up the scene of position for his disciples. And it says this that in Matthew chapter 5, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to a mountain and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them the Beatitudes, he said. So I like to picture that the disciples are at his feet. It doesn't say that they were, but I like to picture they're with him, and he starts to teach them. But they are positioning themselves in a place of receiving. And when we read the Beatitudes, that's our starting point, that they're in a place where they can they're, they're wanting to learn. They're in a position to receive. They're, they're at the feet of the master. And they're wanting to, to become like him, to, to follow him, to be where he is. And in their position, that's the start of the Beatitudes. And like so many of the, the writings in Scripture, there's patterns. In Hebrew writing, and there's often many patterns in the Scripture. And Jesus is the master. And so to no surprise, there's a pattern in the Beatitudes of the blessings of how they build on one another. And you can read them as individuals, and there's power in that. But when you read them together, you see a pattern of positioning yourself in a place to become, to be blessed, but also to bless others. And the first one is this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And if you read that without the idea of positioning yourself at the, the feet of Jesus, you might read that going, oh, I'm really flat. I'm a bit, bit shy, a bit timid. You know, I don't have a lot of spirit, don't have a lot of fire. And that's so good. It's like, oh, not really. When, when you read it and the ideas of the Jesus um, disciples sitting at Jesus' feet, it's saying, if your own spirit, your desires, the things that, that you want are, are poor, then there's space for God to move. If you let your desires 
go down, then God's desires, the kingdom of heaven, the things that he wants, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that the things of the kingdom can come through you as he speaks and he has space to work in your life. We also read in scripture that we don't have a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. And so when he says poor in spirit, it's not that you're, you're flat or you're deflated, it's that you're allowing God's space to move. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And of course, this totally means if, if we've lost a loved one, of course we mourn. Of course. It's not saying we don't do that, but it's also saying that, that if our, our heart is for the things of, of God, the kingdom of heaven, we're not just mourning for the loss of a loved one. We're mourning for our brothers and sisters in Christ that don't know the, the amazing blessing that is Jesus. We mourn for, for the brokenness within this world, when, when the world isn't the way God designed it but for be, to, to be. When we look out with, with God's eyes, the way he designed us to be, we mourn. But when we mourn, we will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And meek is, is just this gentle nature. It's not about being in your face or, or passive-aggressive or, or aggro. It, it, the idea of meekness is just like, still speaking up, still being there, being, being the, the advocate for, for God on this earth, but in the way that we do it. Um, I, I'm reminded of the late, great Ravi Zacharias, an incredible apologist who passed away earlier this year uh, from a battle with cancer. And one of the things that I've noticed popping up on social media recently is, is something that Ravi would, would uh, totally be against. And, and there's these titles for, for his conversations with others. And, and the, the title would be, Atheist Destroyed by Ravi Zacharias. And that was never his, his nature. It's never the way that, that he went about his conversations. Ravi Zacharias was, was renowned for going into universities all across the world and speaking to academics and, and different religious groups all over the place and being an advocate for, for Christ, defending the faith. He had incredible understanding of scripture and of science and of the world that we lived in. But Ravi Zacharias was the master at giving people the opportunity to answer the question but letting the person hold their dignity and the respect for them as a person. They would ask a question, and he would thank them for the question. And he would thank them for the boldness of asking the question. Then he would tackle the question, and quite often, if it was a, an opposite view to Christianity, that the way that that question was answered would totally destroy the question. Almost show that the question was wrong because the, the premise for the question was so wrong, but he would give the person their dignity and respect. His meekness, his gentleness in wrestling for the things that, that God wanted to were incredible. Blessed are meek, for they will inherit the kingdom of earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness means right living, living the way that God has called us to live, for standing, standing and positioning ourselves in a place where God wants these things on earth. And the world may be saying different things. The world may be saying, this is how we should live, and this is how we should compromise, and this is how we should do it. But going, no, the right living is, is for this. And there's a hunger in us for the things that God wants us to stand for. There's a hunger that, that we need to be quenched. 
And this idea of hunger, I don't know if you've ever gotten so caught up in something, if you're caught up in sport or, or work or, or a hobby or something and you've forgotten to eat, and then all of a sudden your body starts telling you that you forgot to eat, and it's like, oh, the hunger pains. Or you just realise, man, I'm getting a headache because I haven't drunk anything. It's like this, this idea of righteous living is so entrenched. Those that are blessed, it's so entrenched that, that there is a pain they groan. Why do they groan? Because they have God's eyes. They, they position themselves of a place being close to God, going, this is what God wants for us in his world. And so when we see something that goes against that, we ache inside. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And when we do have the opportunity to speak, once again, with, with meekness, when we speak love, into that situation when we speak the truth into something that maybe go against righteous living, when we, we have the authority to speak into that space. I said the progression of the master. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Pure of heart means you're just allowing space once again to, to see the world the way that God sees it giving the things of our heart to God so his things can fill our life and our spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And we see the progression that, that firstly we're sitting in a space of God, we're sitting in a space of how we communicate, we're sitting in a space of what is right living, and we're sitting, sitting in a space of God's heart, we're sitting in a space of showing mercy. And of course when we stand up for the things of God, what, happen, what happens? There's pushback. We're not always going to be loved by the world because we make a stand for what is right and true and full of love. Even though we show grace in that, we're not always going to be accepted. And Jesus knows this, and so he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Our blessing comes from positioning ourselves where Jesus is. Our blessing comes from, from doing the things of God and positioning ourselves to be vessels for him. You see, when, when we, we come to the cross for the first time and we accept who God is, first thing we do is we go, thank you so much, and then we turn away from that life. Now, what I love about our church here is, is I hear time and time again about people who, who go, I accept Jesus, I know that I'm forgiven, but I know this is just the start of the journey. This is not the end. This is the beginning of what's going to be a huge journey. And throughout their life, they've just chosen, God, I feel like you're over here and I've been praying and meditating on your word and, and being led in the spirit. And I go, I want to position myself over here. And God, I, I feel like that, that in my choices and life decisions now, you're calling me to something else. I'm going to position myself over here. And like we all do, there's another time where God has called us, but we weren't sure. Maybe we missed out. And by missing that step, maybe we missed out on a blessing. 
But the beauty of our faith is that God, Jesus died on the cross for us. And as soon as we go, God, I'm sorry, I, I haven't been fully aligned with you and COVID hit and I know you're doing stuff, but I missed out because I was, I was sitting in my own stuff and it was really tough. But, but God, I just want to position myself where you want me to be. And God goes, absolutely. And there we are. And once again, full forgiveness, a blank page, a, a clean slate going once again to be. And so often we think of blessings in, in regards of what we have. And it's not about that at all. You see, the blessing is not found in what you have. The blessing is all about what he gave. The blessings are not found in, in not what you deserve. The blessing is found in the price that he paid. It's not about who you are. It's all about who he is. Maybe this year we've been naughty. Maybe we've been nice. We're all going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to stumble. God is just calling us to position ourselves in a space where he can use us. Position ourselves in a space where we can learn from the master. Position ourselves where we can be the salt and light in this world. The very next verse in Matthew chapter 5, when it says that, that you'll be persecuted, and there's a celebration when you're persecuted. It says you are the salt of the earth. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. We are called to position ourselves for a purpose. I want to challenge us today to position ourselves next to the ultimate blessing that is in Jesus Christ. And by positioning ourselves in that space, we can both be blessed and bless those around us as we bring God's kingdom here on earth. This year, if you found yourself in a space hidden down the wrong way street, and you realize it's a mistake, you've got some options. You don't stay there, you move. You don't just freeze, you get out of that space and you learn from it. And this year is a great opportunity as the year comes to the end, as we look to Christmas to go, thank you God for sending Jesus. May we reposition ourselves once again to experience your grace, your forgiveness and your mercy so that we have the energy and courage to go again knowing that you're with us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you sent your Son to earth to show us how to live, to show us how we can position ourselves in a way to be used in a mighty way from our loving God, to position ourselves to be able to experience the blessings of the way that you designed this world to be. Lord, I pray for those that have not experienced you, have not experienced that blessing that is Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that just in this moment, they would take the time to pray this simple prayer. These three elements of sorry, thank you, and ask. That they would be able to just say these words, sorry, God, that I have done the wrong things in my life. I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross in my place to take my punishment upon himself. I ask his Holy Spirit into my life in this moment. Lord, and from this moment, may I position myself at the feet of the Master to learn from him, to experience his love on a daily basis. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, for those of us that maybe have found ourselves in a wrong way street in a relationship, in our finances, in our work life, Lord, in our relationship with you as we've drifted this year, 
I pray that you would give us this revelation of how much you love us. And that once again, all we are called to do is be obedient and sit at the feet of the master. That it's not in our actions, that you, but you actually did all of the actions for us. You gave us the gift that is Jesus Christ. May we once again be released from that burden of guilt and shame that we've been carrying and position ourselves in your love and your comfort and your grace. Lord, but may we not stay there for the sake of comfort and grace. May we be urged on to be salt and light in obedience, to continue to position ourselves where you lead us, both as individuals and as your church. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' precious name.